taking an initiative to create an ecological corridor in the Waipa district from Mangatautari to Pirongia is celebrating its second anniversary today. Taia Te Taiao is the name of the ecological corridor project which aims to increase wildlife numbers and biodiversity through planting along a local stream and on farms and other properties between the two mountains. And that corridor is a bit like a highway for birds and bats. It links these two mountains, which are actually more than 40 kilometres apart, but it enables native species to thrive and move safely between the mountains. How's that Auckland corridor on the North Shore going? It feels like every second interview mentioned that a few years ago, and I haven't heard anything recently. Let me know. Well, intensive farming over the years meant the waterways that connected those two mountains have become highly degraded. The land between them is now mostly pasture, and so some local farmers have come on board as advocates for the initiative. We're joined by Project Coordinator Bexy Toll. Hi, Bexy. Hello. Nice to talk to you. How did you get involved in this? <laughs> um, oh, Personally, um, I've... I'm from the States, you might hear from the accent, but I've been working in New Zealand for over 10 years on predator control and um, and conservation efforts around the Waikato. I've started on the project two years ago when we got funding from the Freshwater Initiatives Fund from Ministry for the Environment to employ myself and um, Te Ao, who's our Motoronga Māori facilitator. How much progress have you made in two years? Actually, a lot of progress, yeah. When I got um, got the job, I kind of hit ground running because the community already had this dream and this aspiration. I was meeting landowners who were planting already maybe 10 years ago with this dream of connecting the two manga. Um, so we've already got in 200,000 plants in two years. We've met amazing community. I got a heap of engagement. It's been awesome. Um, and now you got to just wait for them to grow, I guess. <laughs> yep, that is, it's a long-term project in many ways, and one of the ways is that trees take time to grow. You're right there. Yeah. There aren't many mountains around Hamilton, I know, because I, I grew up there, and uh, doing my pepeha was a bit of a challenge. I think we set it on Pirong, yeah, but tell us about these two peaks and their local significance. Um, well, like you said, they're quite visible from everywhere, um, so anyone that lives in the area really connects to the two manga. They also both have some really amazing conservation programs with um, with a good history on them. So there's abundant bird life on both of the manga and some pretty special species. So when that those projects have been so successful, that bird life is starting to kind of look for somewhere to flow and, and the populations are getting to the size that they, they can travel across the landscape as well. And so we're trying to get the landscape ready with those trees that are slowly growing. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. And um, so people can picture it. You, you probably know where Hamilton is and um, Perong and Mangatautari form an almost sort of equilateral triangle to the south, so um, with uh, Hamilton being the apex. Um, and then in between, as far as I can see on the map, in between those two manga uh, is Te Aumutu, which is a growing sort of, um, I won't quite call it urban, but it's a town. Uh, does that present a challenge for the corridor? Teamutu is what we call the heart of the corridor. <laughs> um, the whole corridor, like you said, is over 40 kilometers. And so there's a lot of different land uses and a lot of different land owners. But that's actually an opportunity as well. And, um, yeah, we kind of encourage people to look at that backyard, their backyard, whatever it is, whether it's a farm or an urban backyard, and see what they can do to protect the places they live and the places they love, the parks and reserves, there's some council land as well. And so it's all opportunities to kind of 
get different people and different partners engaged. And that's a big part of this project is it's a lot of partners and it's a lot of, um, it's a whole community behind it. Do farmers get it? Oh yeah. Well, I think, I think the tide is turning in terms of um, learning about kind of New Zealand's whole aspiration around predator free New Zealand, um, bringing back native species and Tonga species and the farmers that I've met, like they're so connected to their land and they do want to do their best. And it, it takes a lot of knowledge and it takes resources. And so we're here to connect them to those knowledge and resources. And once they, once they hear about it, they're off. Yeah. What have you seen among the farmers you've talked to um, and the ones that have embraced the project? Um, well, I have seen them get really excited about birds. Or um, I was actually just just came off a farm now where they started planting ten years ago or so, and um, they were telling me about hearing kaka for the first time two years ago, Gosh. A, a native parrot, and they never knew we had a native parrot. And they were saying what a racket it was. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, Someone said yeah, that to me about Weka at the top of North Island um, a couple of years ago. They said, you know you're succeeding with predator control when people start complaining about the Weka. Yeah, whether you like it or not. That's <laughs> yeah. The kaka can be a, a love-hate thing, but I think in the end we all do love them. I mean, so much character. They're like our monkeys of New Zealand, right? And then uh, there's this, oh, we'll come back to the farmers in a second, but there's a stream, that uh, quite a significant stream called the Mangapiko stream. How does that fit in? Yeah, so the Mangapiko runs from Mangatoturi. Um, it comes, but the Mangatoturi is a fenced sanctuary. Some people may have heard of it recently. The kakapo, the flightless parrot, has been yeah. introduced back to North Island at Mangatoturi. Um, the Mangapiko stream flows under that fence line from where it begins on the Manga there. And then it goes through, like you said, Teamutu as well as many farms until the town of Tarongia, which sits just under the manga, Tarongia, Te Aro, Aro, Okahu. And it meets the Waipa River there, which then flows into the Waikato. And so all of the planting we're doing is, of course, enhancing the waterways as well so that it can be um, a healthier waterway where people can recreate, where we can have more native species. Yeah, it's going through quite a bit of farmland there. How do you measure success on that waterway? Well, that's you know what, the waterway is the easy one because it's got kilometres. You can measure the kilometres that our fence implanted. Um, we're trying to get a healthy buffer there so that the kind of the planting is covering enough area to really shade and keep the water clean. Um, and then we're also doing stepping stones. So we're going along waterways for that freshwater benefit as well as creating stepping stones of habitat. They're a little bit larger than your thin kind of waterway strip or riparian planting strip. And those stepping stones are creating more like larger areas where birds can stop and rest, where we can put in predator control and create safe habitat. You've got some Māori heritage sites along that stream too? Yeah, so we're also connecting to the history of the area. So that's the cultural history, the Māori history. I mean, as well as the time before people lived here when the place, you know, the land would have been all connected and there would have been forest across. So we're using lots of different knowledge, Mataronga Māori, kind of nature's wisdom, and then the knowledge of Aotearoa today, such as predator-free New Zealand and that kind of aspiration I talked about to bring back native species. And so we're we're recognising cultural sites, putting up signage, connecting people to the land, to nature, to each other. Sounds like some farmers are getting pretty excited about it. Tell me about Bush Mackey. 
<laughs> yeah, that's uh, I've seen Bush Mackey today too. He's he started um, a stream care group over ten years ago, or he was chair of a stream care group which has done a lot of planting along the Manga Pico. So again, that's what kind of the groundwork for this project was already laid by Bush going along, knocking on people's doors when they whether they like to hear it or not. He's like a caca. Um, <laughs> he <would laughs> I love them, that. <laughs> tell them about planting and get them going. Um, He's planted himself on his farm about 15, about 15,000 plants, I think, um, 9,000 this year, a huge project this year to get all the gullies planted, all the steep areas, all of that land that's not as productive can be planted. And then farming and biodiversity can go hand in hand. Two years in, and what sort of scale is this project? What timeline are you looking at? Um, it's a long-term project, but, you know, the journey is the destination, and this is why we're having a birthday party every year. We're having our two-year celebration tonight. Um, yeah, the party, the celebration tonight is going to be just at the fence line there at Mongatachi, where the Mongatico starts, and we've got some bat detectors or bat listeners. They're kind of like little handheld speakers, and you can point them at a bat and hear the high-frequency noises. It sounds like aliens. Um, and so we're going to go around and listen for bats at dusk, and I think you know, even now there's bats present all the way through the corridor. So I'm thinking, you know, not that far away, we could have people listening to bats at their backyard barbecues and their bonfires, not just next to the fence, but further away from it and through the corridor. We're going to start to see some of those um, birds earlier on. And there's other birds that are more sensitive species that are more of a long-term dream, but we'd love to have things like Kokako coming off Parongia and, um, in general, more kaka, more bellbirds. That can be in our backyards much sooner too. So it's a bit of planting and a bit of predator, predator control, is it? Yeah, those are the main things, as well as monitoring, connecting people to what's in their backyard so that you can do that predator control and planting um, intentionally and focus our resources. Because it does, hey, it actually is a lot of resources restoration work. So we want to be able to focus those resources in ways that are um, intentional. And so monitoring helps that a lot. We've got um, eDNA monitoring, which is taking a little water sample, and you can see what's living in and around the stream by the DNA in it. We've got bat monitoring, and anyone can monitor, like using an app called iNaturalist, and just if they see a bird or even a plant, put their sightings on iNaturalist, and we get to see how species are living in the corridor and moving around it. Yeah, and what's your uh, goal for the water quality in that in that stream? Yeah, well, water quality is... Um, always going to be getting better with more and more planting and and that's the goal is to have it so you can swim in it again so you can catch tuna in it um the fresh long fin eels and short fin eels and we've got lots of farmers on board like we said and we've also got like dairy nz and fonterra and open country and nestle who are supporting farmers to do farm plans and also even helping with some of the cost of restoration work and so that's going to really help the waterways to get clean and um, wetlands as well. Wetlands are another thing, so planting trees, but also planting up wetlands. Are there wetlands in that area that you're looking at? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, back again, if you go back in history, there would have been a lot of wetland coverage. And so there's been a lot of reduction in wetlands as well. And so we're bringing those back. And it's great. Wetlands are like the kidneys. You know, they really clean the fresh water and... Um, they create an ecosystem which is incredibly rich in biodiversity. How long, Bexie? How long to we swimming in the Mangapiko? <laughs> I mean, I've been 
hearing from conservation projects in New Zealand, they, they often are a lot further along than they than they thought they'd be. I've been at the Parongia Restoration Society's 21st party um, a couple of weeks ago, and we were at Mangatauteri for a, an event a week ago. And you know, mate, you're just all, you're just all parties all the time, Bixie. I know, I'm just partying. You're true. I've, <laughs> we have lots. Of, that's the thing is celebrating that along the journey. Yeah, but um. You know, they've all got the Mangatotsu. They've got kiwi just bouncing out, like almost trying to get over the fence. They've got so many kiwi. They never would have seen themselves at this place Gosh. when they started those, those plans and those visions. And so that's my motivation is, hey, I think we're going to get a lot further than we realize a lot sooner than we think. Nice to chat to you. Well done. And um, hope to catch up with you in a couple of years with some results. Great, yeah. Good to talk to oh, you. And yeah, go yeah, ahead. Corridors all over. You mentioned that Auckland corridor. I just want to encourage anyone, you know, look into what projects, catchment groups or corridor projects or predator-free projects are around because it, it is about connecting across the whole landscape. And um, um, we'll hopefully talk to you in a couple of years and we'll see more projects like this then too. Nice one. Bixie Toll, great to chat. Uh, that Auckland corridor, yeah, as I recall, was sort of the um, the bush around West Auckland, connecting that with some of those islands uh, on the eastern off the eastern coast of Auckland. Um, but yeah, we might have to do a catch up on that in a separate interview.